So my church tradition growing up involved this um, thing called a baby dedication. Do y'all ever experience that in church? It's kind of like this moment where you, uh, you know, have a baby and you bring your baby up to the front of the church and the pastor prays for your child and the family. And it, it almost feels like it, it should be a, a Lion King kind of moment, <laughs> is what it feels like, which is a lot like uh, this video. Take a look at this. And so this morning, we stand here as a congregation with a family and we dedicate young Benjamin Thomas Sear. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. situation. If you all ever want to do a baby dedication, that's exactly what it will look like. We'll have the Lion King theme song playing in the background. When Jesus was a baby, he actually went to his church, the temple, and their law required that they do a baby dedication. And uh, Mary and Joseph were following their religious law by doing that. And we read this story in Luke 2. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem, and he was righteous and devout, and he eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel when everything would be made right in their country. And the Holy Spirit rested on him, and the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The Christ is this Greek word for Messiah, and Messiah was like the superhero of the uh, Jewish people. They were hoping would come and just fix everything in the world. And led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. And meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law, the baby dedication. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. Now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the whole world. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus was the guy to bring wholeness and healing and restoration to the world. It'd be a light to all people and all nations. That's a lot of pressure to put on a little baby. And early in the Bible, we see the story of Israel. Israel was this tribal nomadic people uh, a couple thousand years started before Jesus was even born. And they felt this calling from God to be a light to the, the world, be a light to all of the nations. And to be a light implies that there's a lot of darkness in the world. And back then it was a very much us versus them tribal mentality. And these people felt we are gonna be the people to bring the world together. And of course, back then, when it was a tribal mentality, it means one tribe is going to come into your tribe and slaughter all of you. And here, it's still much an us versus them tribal mentality. We don't always slaughter each other, but we sure do on Facebook sometimes, don't we? It's still kind of an us versus them world. 
So Israel was the group to make this happen, a light to all the nations, a light in the darkness. In the Old Testament, that left side of your Bible that we don't always know what to do with is full of these stories of how Israel did not live up to that calling to be a light to the world. They just kept messing it up, kept messing it up. And God kept giving them a second chance. And so when Jesus comes on the scene and Simeon in the temple holds Jesus and says, this is the guy to show us how to be a light to the world, how to bring light into the darkness. And so as Jesus grows up, he kind of begins to own that identity. And how does he do that? How does he begin to show people how to be a light to the world? He gets followers. Jesus was the very first social media influencer in all of history. People followed me before Twitter. He had followers. His strategy for being a light to the world was to get as many followers as he could. You guys want to take a guess as to who the most followed Instagram account is? Ronaldo. Who's Ronaldo? It's got to be. How many followers do you think Ronaldo has? Five million followers. Hey! Wow! You're right. He has... 169 million followers. That one post has 6.4 million likes. What's the population of Seattle? Like 700,000 or something? Crazy. Coming in second place is Ariana Grande. I should have a prize for you. You get to take two pieces of bread from the community. This post of her dog, just looking back, got 1.1 million likes. The first recorded words of Jesus in Matthew were the words, follow me, to fishing brothers, Peter and Andrew. Follow me and I will make you fish for people, is what he said to them. The next day, Jesus saw this guy named Philip from the same town where Peter and Andrew were from. And he said to them, follow me. Jesus saw this guy named Matthew sitting in his tax booth. And the first thing Jesus said to him, follow me. In Mark 8, Jesus extends this invitation to all of the people who are listening and watching. The whole crowd says, follow me. He didn't say, believe in me. He didn't say, believe this list of doctrinal statements. All Jesus said is, come follow me. Come see how I live. Come see how I treat people. I love this cartoon. My father posted a blog and he used this cartoon and I kind of stole it from him. Oops. This crowd, Jesus is saying, follow me. I will teach you to love your neighbor. I'll even teach you to love your enemies. And this guy on the right says, follow me. I hate all the same people you hate. And the crowd follows the other guy. We don't really always want to follow Jesus. It's hard to love the people who hurt you. It's hard to love your enemy. 
Do we really want to go through what it takes to follow the way of Jesus? There's a missionary in the early to mid-1900s, his famous guy, a theologian named E. Stanley Jones, and he was famous for his missionary work in India. And he spent a lot of time with Gandhi. Gandhi was a self-professed Hindu, uh, Hindi. And he asked Gandhi, how do I spread Christianity throughout India? Do you have any advice for me? And this is what Gandhi said. Anyone wants to donate some money for a new clicker? <laughs> That'd be, that might be good. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Too talented. Gandhi said this. I would suggest four things. First, that all you Christians, missionaries and all, must begin to live more like Jesus Christ. Second, that you practice your religion without adulterating. <laughs> And my battery died. If anyone wants to donate money for batteries, this is definitely a church plant. We're starting from the it's, Can y'all hear me? Do I need a mic? Check, check. Second, that you practice your religion without adulterating it or toning it down. Third, that you emphasize love and make it your working force. For love is central in Christianity. Fourth, that you study the non-Christian religions more sympathetically to find the good in them, to have a more sympathetic approach to the people. Maybe Christians today, we should follow Gandhi's advice as how to be a Christian. Maybe we should be more like Christ. Maybe we should be a little more sympathetic to those who hold a different uh, religious set of beliefs than we do. Maybe we would be a better light to the world if we looked more like Christ through compassion and mercy. So when Jesus was a baby in the temple, he was called a light to the world, and he grew into that identity. Go on to John. John said, uh, Jesus spoke to the people again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. A light to the world. The world can sometimes seem dark. Our lives can sometimes seem dark. In this world, um, especially with all the news, we see all of the violence. We see all of the hatred. We see all of the oppression, all of the racism. We see all of the injustice. The world and our lives are full of the darkness of um, fear, insecurity, intolerance. The list goes on and on. And Jesus believed, and the people believe that Jesus and his way is the light, the solution to that darkness. What's interesting is that he wasn't just the only light of the world. In Matthew, Jesus looks on the crowd of people who were listening to him, and he says to them, you are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is saying, I'm not the only light of the world. All of you are the light of the world. All of you are the solution to all of this darkness and hate and intolerance and injustice in the world. It's you. You all are the solution, the light. You all have the same mission that Jesus had to bring light to this world. 
you have the same calling that Jesus had to bring light to this world. And after Jesus had risen from the dead and he sent his disciples, his followers on a mission, he commissioned them. When I think of commissioning, I think art. When uh, Michelangelo was commissioned to paint the Sistine Chapel, he started with a blank wall and he was given the authority and the power to completely fill that with something powerful and beautiful. Matthew, at the end, we, you can see um, in chapter 28 that they gave it a title called the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, on that Great Commission that he gives his uh, followers, it says, I received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And think back on everything that Jesus commanded. Love your enemy. Pray for those who hurt you. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of those things. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age to help you do that. Luke 24 gives another version of the Great Commission. He opened up their understanding of the Bible. And he said, you can see it's written that the Messiah suffers and rises from the dead. And on the third day... And then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations, starting from here. You're the first to hear and see it. You are the witnesses. There is some good news for all people, all religions, all races, all sexualities. There is life change to be had, eternal life, life to the fullest. You go be a light and proclaim that people, you're good, you're saved. You deserve healing and life and rest and peace. Let me show you this way to experience that. And it's found in this guy named Jesus. He showed us how to live that way. He showed us how to be a light to the world. There's an ancient piece of literature, Virgil's Aeneid, and it was written about 20 years before Jesus in Rome. And it contains some scenes from the Roman gods, and the Roman gods are commissioning the people of Rome to a mission of worldwide domination through military might, through violent force. That was written just a few years before Jesus. And here in Matthew and Luke, we see a similar image of Jesus commissioning his own followers. And he commissions his followers to worldwide domination. But it doesn't look like military might and violence and threat and fear. Worldwide domination through compassionate mercy and kindness and love. That, Jesus says, is how the kingdom of God will spread throughout the whole world. Kingdom of God looks like love. Love within our, the diverse cultures and races and religions. You spread that love, you spread the kingdom of God. You spread his power. Power is in mercy. Power is in compassion and vulnerability. You have been given the same mission that Jesus had to spread that love throughout this world. 
starting in your own heart, your own life, your own homes, your own places of work, grocery store, everywhere you go, to spread the kingdom of God, to spread the kingdom of love. I wanna give you an example of what this can look like in our world. And I wanna show you a video of a guy, Matt Elliott, who's a valedictorian this year at his school. And he came out as gay during his speech. And I wanna share with you why he decided to do that. Yeah, and is that why you waited until graduation to, to come out? Because it is such a hard thing to, to be in that honor code in that school? Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, I'm not sure if you're aware of the white thing that I'm wearing around my neck my graduation. It's called a school of honor. Um, and so when you wear that, you get to choose somebody to honor. Um, so I actually decided to choose someone that uh, was in one of my classes in my freshman year. So it was just my second semester. And I chose to honor a student named Harry Fisher. Uh, so he, it was his last semester, and he uh, was sort of in a similar situation as I was, and he decided to come out on Facebook. Um, and because of the rhetoric uh, and, and sort of the response that he got from our community, uh, he actually ended up committing suicide. Um, you know, and I, he sat right in front of me, and I saw him do that, and I thought, is that my future? Is, is that what I'm heading for? Uh, so I thought, if I came out of graduation, maybe a student like me, a freshman, it's, you know, no, my future is something brighter, it's something better. We can succeed, uh, we can do what we want to accomplish our dreams. So that's why I chose to come out there. It, it really is, it's, it's all about visibility. And I think a lot of times some people uh, want to keep us quiet and, and push away because they don't understand it or they're, they're fearful. and. Um, for different reasons, and, uh, and I, I think that we all want to be seen, you know, whoever we are, we should all be seen. Absolutely. And so what, what you did uh, was pretty amazing because, uh, and especially to be here, you, you are going to be seen by a lot of uh, uh, young people that, that say, I can be happy, I can be successful. And I know your dad had some, th this is amazing, you tell everyone what your dad said. Yeah, so the night before, I, I told my dad, hey, listen, I think I'm going to include this in my speech. I just want you to be aware. Uh, I'm really worried about how my aunts and uncles are going to respond, my grandparents, you know, and, and beyond that. Uh, and, and my dad looked at me and he said, Matt, if, if people have a problem with what you're going to say, you know, it's a problem with them, not with you. We love you, we're here for you, and that's all that matters. That's a good dad. <laughs> yeah. Did you all hear that beginning of the story? Did you hear that okay? The reason that he came out his valedictorian speech is because Harry Fisher, who was a freshman, came out on Facebook, and his school community, the community on Facebook, uh, just bullied him. He killed himself. So Matt Elliott wanted people to know that they are seen, that they are heard. That when the world says that you do not have a place here, how you are, who you are is not okay. We are here to say, no, we see you and you belong. The mission of Jesus was going to the people whose society, the religious people oftentimes did not want to see or acknowledge. And he saw them and he touched them and he healed them. And we have the same mission to go to people who are not seen and say, I see you and you belong. God's table is inclusive. 
It is a place for all people, all races, all gender, all sexuality, all religion to have a meal together. And Jesus modeled that meal the night before he died in the Last Supper with the bread and the wine. And he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. And he took the wine and he poured it and said, this is my blood for you. Everyone here is welcome to come up and take communion, to take the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and to acknowledge that Christ is inside of me. His love, his mercy, his power, it is in me. To be aware Jesus is not a Sunday morning church thing. It is wherever I go, Jesus is with me. In every decision, in every thought, in every behavior, he is with me, helping me. What is the most loving thing to do in this moment? About 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, and after he had gone up to heaven, he told his followers that he was going to send a helper. And uh, that helper is going to be the Holy Spirit. The day that that helper came, she came, helper is a feminine word, spirit. She came to help the followers of Jesus live out this calling, this mission to be a light to the world. And when that Holy Spirit came, they called that Pentecost. Y'all heard that term. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, where we remember and honor and acknowledge the Holy Spirit here with us, helping us every day. We are going to start a... uh, along with so many other Christians throughout the world, a service next week to remember Pentecost. So I want to invite all of you all to the front. Jesus broke the bread, and he also said, there's some hand sanitizer. (laughs) If you would rather use that before you touch the bread. But in the next moments, come up and form a line, uh, rip off a piece of bread, dip it in the juice. Back to your seat and find some moments of peace and recognizing Christ.
presence at our Seattle Pride Fest. It's too often the LGBTQ community has not been seen by the church for too long. And that is not the case for us. We see you we hear you, we listen to you, we acknowledge the hurt that we've often caused. So we will be there, and we're gonna be handing out shirts and, and just letting people know that Mission Gathering is here in a safe place. And uh, the event is noon to seven, and we'd love all of you to show up. You can be there all day, or you can sign up online for a time slot to help us represent Mission Gathering and just talk to people and encourage people have fun. So we invite you all to that. Um, I just want to close us with the word of prayer. God in Christ, we are seen. We are beloved. And so empower us with your life and your spirit to go and make sure all people in our community, they are seen. They are loved. They can know what it means to live the way of Jesus, the way of love. Give us the strength and the wisdom to know how to do that well. In Christ's name, amen. What do they say in the DOC churches when you leave? Is it like, go in peace? (laughs) See you guys next time. This is, I forgot about this. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, let's do this. Can we do a reading together? (laughs) This will be our benediction. Let's read this out loud together. This is a prayer from St. Francis who lived in the 12th century. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, hard. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, 
where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be comforted as to comfort, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving we are forgiven, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. That is your mission and your call as followers of Jesus. Wherever you see some hurt, some brokenness, some darkness, be light. Bring some hope. Bring some peace. Bring some comfort. Bring a smile. Be Jesus to others. I'll see you next time.